Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Hey, we are in this series called Sunday School, Four Stories You Thought You Knew. And I don't know about you, but I am loving this series and I'm learning so much. And hopefully today we will learn a little bit more uh, together. I wonder, have you ever uh, been emotionally exhausted while watching a film? Are you one of those people, hands up in the comments, are you one of those people who just gets emotionally exhausted while you're watching a film? I don't know about like whether it's Marley and Me, a story of love and loss, or whether it's like a thriller about spies that are saving the world but they never get the credit. I am get, it's so involved in the story that I am consumed by it and I leave the end of the movie feeling completely emotionally exhausted. Liam's like, will you please chill out? Uh, there is nothing wrong here it is just a movie and I think I do it because it doesn't matter what the movie is I am trying to cast myself into the lead role I know I'm not the only one I know you do it too but we cast ourselves into the lead role and uh, I think that there's this human streak of narcissism that's in every one of us we can't even avoid it it's just part of our DNA that always wants to cast ourselves in the leading role I think we can often read the Bible like that It's not just movies, it's not just the things we watch on the telly. I think we often read the Bible like this, trying to cast ourselves into the leading role, which leaves us with two problems. We're either uh, being the hero and we write ourselves into that story, but when it actually comes to it, we don't quite match up or, or our exploits fail. Or we write ourselves out of the story because we see these amazing exploits written in the pages of the Bible and we think there's no way I could measure up to that. So we write ourselves out of the story. It leaves us with a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem when we read the story of David and Goliath, which is our story today. When, when we hear this, sto- this story of this man who is described as this ruddy, illegitimate son, the shepherd boy son of a guy called Jesse who is sent by his father out to the battlefields where uh, there is this war raging between the Israelites and the Philistines and and the Israelites are hiding on the hillside because there is a giant that is taunting the people and David rocks up as he's delivering this cheese and bread to his brothers and he hears the taunts of this giant. He overhears what's happening on the battlefield and he drops the best line in the whole of the Bible. He says this, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares to defy the armies of the living God? I mean, what an absolute burn. He's like, I am not afraid of that giant. I'll take him on. And his brothers are like, whoa, whoa, David, have you seen this giant? Have you seen his guns? There is no way that you can stand up to this guy. 
But David is insistent. He ends up uh, going to Saul, who says, okay, if you're, if you're going to be the one that goes out to fight this guy, you're going to need some armor. And he tries to place his armor on David. But David's like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm a, I'm a shepherd boy. I can't wear this stuff. I'll just go as I am. So he takes his shepherd's crook and he takes his sling and he chooses five smooth stones from a nearby uh, stream and he places them in his pouch. He walks out. In fact, it says he runs out to meet the giant. He places a stone in the sling and sure enough, he hits the giant and the giant falls. What an incredible story. But I know that just like me, we write ourselves into the shoes of David. We must be more like David. But the truth is this, when it comes to facing our giants, when it comes to facing the giant of sin, there is no way that we can measure up. But the good news is, this is not a story about you. Why don't you nudge your neighbour and put it in the comments, this story, it's not about you. Say, it's not about you. We read it as though we should be more like David. We should be more bold and more courageous and we should go with less armour and all of these things. But actually the truth is this. This is not a story about you and I. It's not even a story just about David. This is a story about Jesus. The story of David is designed that we may read its prophetic history to show us its future hope, the hope we have in Jesus. This is a foreshadow story of what Jesus has done for us. You'll see it littered throughout uh, the scriptures, littered throughout the Bible, different places where it says um, a son of David will rise up to be the Messiah. We see, see things like a, a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Well, Jesse was David. David's father and, and all these imageries of this future Messiah, this future saviour that is coming to rescue us and that is Jesus. You see David in this story is demonstrating to us, it's giving us a picture, a prophetic picture of this future hope that we have in Jesus. A, a Jesus, a saviour who is going to take down the giant of sin and death once and for all so that we can be free. You see, we're a lot less like David and we're a lot more like the crowds of Israelites in fear on the hillside, unable to stand up to the giant. We're a lot more like King Saul who tries to do it in his own strength, who, who tries to dress him up in his own armour in order to go out to battle. But Jesus has done it all for us. You see, Jesus, he takes one look at the giant uh, that comes against our lives. And, and while we look at this giant, we see a giant that's way too big to fight. But Jesus sees this giant, which is way too big to miss. And he runs out to the battle lines of our life to save us. You see, this story is not about you. You are not the hero in this story, but you have a hero. You, you are not the champion. You have a champion. You are not the source of your victory. Jesus, the King of Kings, is the source of your victory. You see, it changes the way we read this story in 1 Samuel 17. It changes the way that we view this image of David going out into battle when we realise that this story is less about David, it's less about us and more about Jesus. So why don't we read some of it together today and see 
this image of Jesus. See how the story changed. See how the story flips when we realize this is a story about Jesus. Let's go to verse 32. And it says this, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go out to fight him. Point number one, I will fight for you. Jesus says, I will fight for you. I love the fact that the words here say this, let no one lose heart. I love that Jesus said these very same words. He said, take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He is making a way for us. He says, I will fight for you. I will be your victory. You need only be still. And that is our Jesus. That's who he is. When we read the story like that, we realize that we don't have to be brave enough because Jesus has already been brave. So we can take heart in Jesus. He not only uh, 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 just saw the giant ahead, he says, hey, I'm going to step onto the battlefield of your life, even though it's your mistake, even though it's your sin, even though it's your rubbish, even though it's your pain and the stuff that you're facing and the, the giants that you face, I am going to fight for you. I will step onto that battlefield and fight for you. The second thing we learn is this, put it in the comments, God wins in other ways. God wins in other ways. Let's read verse 38 through to 40. It says, Then Saul, who was the king of the time, dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armour on him, a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. God wins in different ways. You see, we can try and dress up the way that Jesus is going to have victory in our lives. We try and dress up the way and try and contain the way that we expect God to move and we expect God to relate to us in a certain way. It's kind of like some of you parents right now looking at your teenagers and thinking, what on earth are you wearing? I know the fashion at the moment is crazy, but the truth is this. You lived through the 80s in the 90s so I'm pretty sure we all know it's all going to work out well in the end but we can try and dress people up in the way that we think they should be and we try and dress God up in the way we think that he relates to us we try and dress him up in the way that we think that he should be towards us but he is different to that. We're talking about the God of all the universe who threw every star into the sky, that who had all the creative ability to do all of that, that he, he puts air in our lungs. What an ordinary miracle that it is that you and I are breathing right now. Yet he's able to do the most crazy and creative miracles where he uses a man to hit a rock in a desert and water pulls out. There is so many different facets to the way that God chooses to do miracles in our lives. From the scale of us just being able to breathe every day to the scale of crazy miracles like throwing the stars into the sky and causing water to pour out of a rock in the desert. He works in ways we, we're not used to. He, he chooses to love people first and then see their lives change second. You see, we expect people to earn love and then be loved, don't we? 
We do it all the time. I will, I will love you if you do A, B and C. I will appreciate you. I will pay attention to you if you do A, B and C. But in Jesus, we see a whole different way of operating. I love the way that he loved Zacchaeus, this sinner, this tax collector. He loved Zacchaeus first. He had dinner with Zacchaeus first. And then Zacchaeus goes, oh my goodness, I need to change the way that I live. And was convicted in that moment and transformed his life forever. You see, God relates to you and does miracles for you in ways that you're not always okay with dressing up like that. God wins in other ways. God chooses to use a shepherd boy. Isn't it interesting that we have this Jesus who, who describes himself as a shepherd, the good, good shepherd who, who came in a different form. He didn't come with military might to take down the regime of the day. He came as a shepherd to take care of the people and to protect the hearts of the people. And we see in this story that, that David went out to the battle lines of this war dressed as a shepherd's boy. It's another picture of Jesus who does things in different ways. God wins in different ways. The third thing is this. God runs quickly towards the giant. God runs quickly towards the giant. We see it in uh, verses 48. It says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. I want to encourage you today that God is not far off. God is not mad with you. God is not ignoring you. He is a God that runs quickly to the battle lines of your life. When you feel like you haven't even got the words left to pray, when you're like, I don't even know what to pray yet, you need to know that there is a God in heaven who is fighting for you. There is this Jesus, your saviour, who is fighting and who has fought for you. He runs quickly to the battle lines of your life. He is interested in the things that you face today. I love um, in... And Psalm 86 verse 15, it says this, But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, who is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Our God is, does things differently. He is slow to anger, but he is quick to love. He is abounding in love. He's abounding in his faithfulness towards you today. God runs quickly to the battle lines of your life. I just want to encourage you today. Some of you have felt like God is far off. Some of you have, have gone, hey, is God even listening to me? I want you to know this, that God right now in your living room, in the space that you're at right now, he wants to do a miracle. He wants to set you free right now. He wants you to see freedom in your mind and your thinking. He wants to see the transformation of his word at work in you take place. And so right now, as I'm speaking, I prophesy that you will be free because whom the Son set free, that's Jesus, is free indeed. And right now I speak miracles over your lives. I speak incredible provision over your lives right now because God is a God who is running quickly to your aid today. And the fourth thing is this, he took off the head. Let's go to verse uh, 51. David ran and stood over him. He's taken down the giant. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the sheath and killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. This is like amazing. God has not just stunned the enemy. He has 
kill the enemy. He has not just knocked your enemy out for a short while. He has killed the enemy and moreover, he has taken the authority. He has taken the head off of that thing that stood against you. He has taken the authority of sin and death off your life. He has taken that authority of sickness off your life through Jesus. Jesus didn't just choose to just stun the enemy for a little while for the disciples that were there. He chose to take the head off the enemy once and for all. I want to encourage you today. God has not made no, any mistakes. He has taken down. And in fact, I love the fact that David, he takes the very thing, the sword of the giant. He takes that sword and he uses that very sword to take the head off. And I love this because it's an image of what Jesus did. Jesus died to take death. Jesus Jesus died and rose again to life so that he could take the sword of death, the sword of sin, the sword of the thing that was making you void of being able to be in relationship with God. He took that very thing and took the head off the giant. He took the authority that it had over you off. It is done. It is finished. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it is finished. I'm cutting this thing off. Isn't it amazing? I don't know about you need to throw some emojis in the comments right now and get excited about that in your living rooms. Make sure your kids know that God has finished and he finishes what he starts. That we have freedom. We are full of freedom. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy but God says I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness. When you read the story like this, you read it all together differently. You realize that there is this Jesus who is our champion, who is heaven's champion, who has fought for us, who fights for us, who runs quickly to the battle lines of our lives and does things in ways we can't even imagine because he loves us. You know, when I was a teenager, I had the chance to travel uh, quite a bit and I went to Uganda on a missions trip with a bunch of other teenagers and I have never worked so hard in all my life and it's a beautiful place. You must go and visit it if you get a chance. And uh, we were staying on this compound and this hero of mine called David, who was a 70-year-old missionary at this time, uh, we were staying on his compound and all the doors and the windows were covered in uh, like metal bars and stuff. And every morning at about 5.30, he'd come and he would rattle on the doors and bang on all the doors and he'd say, wake up you lazy lot. And he would say this statement at the top of his lungs, another day with Jesus, another day of victory. Now, in those moments when I was really sleepy, I was like, okay, David, but you know that those words resound in my life because it's the truth that every day with Jesus is a day of victory. Despite any circumstance, despite anything that's going on around me, a day with Jesus is a day of victory. I wonder what would happen if we woke up every day facing whatever battle line we have to face. But we remember and our posture is this, that another day with Jesus is another day of victory. Pray you have a great week, church. We'll see you soon.